0: They didn't understand that this was something women wanted because they weren't women. And I think that's the whole thing about needing diversity on the other side of the table about people who are handing out and deploying the capital. We need that to be a diverse group of people, not just in terms of gender, but culture, everything, because, I mean, you know, America and the world is full of people who are different. And so we have to be solving problems for all different types of people.
1: Thanks so much for tuning into the Almost 30 podcast. Here we go. Greetings, Earthlings. Greetings, Earthlings. (laughs) Welcome to Planet Almost 30. (laughs) Welcome to our home planet. We're so glad you're here where love is abundant. Love is abundant. And so is
2: coconut oil. So is,
1: yeah. So are snacks. <laughs> That's Yeah, my my new thing leaving is peace and love because I'm trying to work on my languaging mm-hmm. all the time
2: mm-hmm.
1: and just be more thoughtful about words that I say all the time. Totally. I've always felt weird saying that
2: type of thing because I mean, we all have friends and maybe you are this person that kind of focuses on and is frugal, which is a great... I actually envy you because I'm I'm not that way and I'm not very inclined to focus on saving my money in a, in a way that is productive for me right now. But I don't like tagging things as expensive or out of my reach or too much. Because if I, I want it, I don't want it to feel unattainable, you totally. know?
1: So Yeah, I've, I've literally, I've thought a lot about it and I've never thought about that specific expensive. Because what does that mean? that is a lot of money and then, mm. and then what, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. I think that's, that's so smart. And I, I'm, I'm looking forward to that conversation. Yeah, me too. To dig into it more. Cause also to April, who you'll see yeah. April um, Fender this week. of Santa Monica healing. She has books out, which are amazing too. Uh, she's a Reiki healer, Reiki master here in Santa Monica. She is very, very clear about when she says specific words or wording, she always catches herself and she even does like an energetic clearing with her hands when she says something that she does not intend. And it's really beautiful. It's it's really mm, special. I love that. I know it's, it's, it's crazy. And now when you do that, when you, when you focus on your languaging, you focus on others too. And you hear things that are very interesting. When I was recording with Justin the other day, he said something like can't or he used some word that was just a little too extreme for the situation. And it was just very interesting to kind of unpack that in my mind. You know, I didn't say anything to him, but I think that it's just so important, especially for what we do to be very specific about the words that we use and the impact that each of those words can make on what you're trying to say. Yeah, it's like they create
2: energetic boundaries to what you could do or what you could achieve or what others could do for you. Yeah, especially in this day and age. can actually get probably, if I'm thinking about it, and I probably will focus on it now, but annoying. Like to notice how many people are saying, I can't, oh, I'll never, or that's too much, that's too expensive, like, uh, that's too bougie, but whatever it is. And when I had my reading with Nikki Novo, and I've mentioned this before, redefining what words mean to you. So aggressive, if I'm talking about an aggressive guy, Maybe he just knows what he wants. Or if I'm talking about a nice guy, he's really nice. And in my mind, that's like, but he's not this and this and this. It's like, well, maybe he is a kind heart and period. (laughs) Yeah. You know, it's like really redefining these words for ourselves that maybe we were taught this is what they meant, or we've just developed that for ourselves. And it holds like a negative thing within it, a negative energy within it, or just a very limited, narrow view of what it means.
1: Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. And I have to think it to my family, you know, when I was with my family, that's all their languaging. Yeah. You know, and it's just being really thoughtful about what people are saying around you. My family, everyone's dying. Everyone talks about death. It's Mm. like, that's the whole language is all about that, you know, all the time and about who's sick, who's getting sick, who's sick, who's getting divorced. It's always the negative narrative as it relates to my community or family or extended family and so I just am you know now seeing that in such a different light and it's interesting too I was thinking a lot about there's this one YouTuber I follow and I won't say his name because and it's not the one you think Mm -hmm. because um, I want to have him on the podcast but he was talking about how he used to be in a uh, he used to be a bank teller, mm-hmm. and he was saying that at work they used to watch these videos all the time, and they were like really extreme videos of like people being like hit by a train or like run over or just like really aggressively extreme videos. And there's so many of those. Like you know, a training like, video? No. Oh, okay. like no, not related to work. But oh, he sorry. Would be at a bank teller job. Got it. He was so unhappy, and all Got the it. bank teller guys would be like just watching these like jackass style videos. Yes. You know the world star hip hop and all those type things. And I was trying to think in my head why he would watch such aggressively violent videos. And I was like, he's so amazing and he's so funny and creative. And it really hit me that it was because when you're in that situation where you hate your job, you don't feel like there's a reason to live. You are in a place where you don't feel valued. You want to be reminded that of the insignificance of life. And when you see someone in that situation where violence is being enacted on them, they're being punched, they're being kicked. And I think that's a lot of the times when people are attracted to violence, they are, it's because they believe their life is insignificant. So in his being in that job, he hated, hating his life. He believed his life was insignificant. Mm-hmm. So seeing those videos is that reminder and it's refreshing. And I think about that a lot too. And that's why, you know, nowadays I don't watch stuff like that because the more that I have found value in the belief that my life does matter, the less I have been attracted to stuff like that. And the more hurtful it is mm. to watch things that are violent, to watch things that are painful in my life.
2: Yeah, that's a really. really
1: I, it good took me, point. I was thinking about it for a lot of day. I'm like, why would he do that? I was like, why would he do that? Why would he do that? Why would someone do that? And that's what it was mm. in my, from, from my eyes. And I was really thankful that I got that message. Yeah, it's really
2: interesting to think about like the way people take in content and why, like what is the intention behind that? And they don't even know, it's like a subconscious intention. Like I think about my dad watching like gangster movies, right? Like he loves them and it's a classic. I love, you know, The Sopranos, this, that, the other thing, but it's, what is that? And I actually haven't thought about it, so I'll get back to you on that. But... It's a
1: generational thing too, related to that generation. Totally. But there is something too the glamorization and like the, the romanticism of the bad guy, winning Mm -hmm. and it's the it's the gaudiness of the lifestyle
2: that yeah it's really the the sex the money the the food the community but it's like family (laughs) it's like family and that's like a zero comment on my dad it's more like it's just interesting that, that that generation is really obsessed with those types of movies and
1: shows yeah i mean are, are we over it yet? Like, goodness gracious. Truly. Like, the drug dealer shit. Like, I, I can't- Breaking want, Bad. Breaking Bad, Narcos. Um, I, I honestly can't watch another show. It's like, if you search Netflix for the amount of, like, drug-related documentaries and shows, they're fascinating. Don't yeah. get me wrong, but it just kind of is getting old. It's like, Completely. we got it.
2: I, I wonder how that, that documentary healed it. Because obviously that heal- yeah. is the documentary. Yeah. And I wonder how that did because I loved it, but it is a light, towards the light type of documentary. And so there, yes, there was, you know, sad moments because people are going through real health, emotional issues and all of that. But it's just interesting that I'm sure those don't do as well in that way. But fascinating. Speaking of social media and the way we take in content, we wanted to share with you guys you all that speaking of choosing our words most of you are women so I'm trying not to call you guys Mm -hmm. but share with you Instagram accounts that we love whether it's for I don't know laughs inspiration funny
1: yeah some good ones this one's a new one that I'm so excited about mm -hmm. I've been it's Justin showed me Justin shows me a lot of good stuff in my life. It's it's the account is Nathan Pyle's Strange Planet. So it's Nathan (laughs) W. Pyle, N-A-T-H-A-N-W-P-Y-L-E, Strange Planet. And he does drawings and illustrations of aliens and they're freaking hilarious. They're the best. They're the best. So they're just various like- Read one. So here's one. Here's these aliens are at a baseball game and are these aliens are watching TV and they're all looking at the screen and they're saying, catch the orb, catch the orb. We implore you to catch the orb. And then they all start cheering and they say, we caught the orb. So they're basically talking about football. Like And they just use such funny wording and languaging. They're they're my favorite. So Nathan W. Pyle's Strange Planet. It's
2: a great one. One I do for inspiration recently, I'm kind of into getting inspiration around relationships. Sorry, I'll say it a million times. John underscore Wineland. He's been upping his video content. Classic. And I just, I'm always tuning in. IGTV is hot fire flames for John Wineland. And I love the live venue feel of John Wineland because he's really speaking to actual people and responding off of their reactions. And, you know, there's some resistance sometimes. So he'll kind of work with that and through that. He's not just kind of talking to the, the camera or your phone. It's like talking to real people, going through real things. So, I mean, hot fire flames, it's so, so good. And it's just a few minutes. It could be like five minutes to 10 minutes, but, you know, we love and respect John Wineland and his video content is really fire.
1: Yeah, it's awesome. My second one is by Mari Andrew, E Y M A R I Andrew, and she is an artist illustrator. Uh, she has a book out, and she does these illustrations and drawings that are so emotional and beautiful. They just speak to you. They bring you to a place, and they just are really inspiring and really thoughtful. So I really enjoy what she does. You know, she had one for she has one for each of the months, and it just is nostalgic at times. And I just really love her her vision and her beauty. So they Mm. are really really nice to read. Cool, yeah,
2: I love that. My second one is Just Libby, Mm. J S T L B B Y, and I they're inspirational videos, but hilarious. She'll she has like five inch long nails, and sometimes she'll just talk and preach with her nails. She is very unapologetic in in the way she presents herself and her messages. And I just, I adore her. And she makes me laugh all the time. So I love just Libby.
1: Just Libby. My third one is more of a blogger type, uh, but it's Tezza. T-E-Z-Z-A. I love Tezza. Dude. She is just it. Aubrey, our friend Aubrey, Aubrey Winters, introduced us to to her. And this outfit actually is the outfit I want to wear to my wedding. Her style is so cool. She mixes like high and low end. It's just, it's not too sexy, but she's so stunning. And her creativity never ceases to amaze me. She always manages to stay 20 steps ahead in the industry of Instagram, which is very, very hard to do. She created you know, she sets the standard for a lot of what happens within the influencer blogging and Instagram creativity space. And she's done everything before everyone else. And I just really love her aesthetic, her eye, her style is like so inspiring, but not Mm. annoying or not unattainable or not. It just feels like it's truly her and it feels really, really good to be a part of it.
2: Yeah. I uh, actually just recently started following her. She's, I don't know how I found her. I mean, I'm not a, in the blogging world, yeah. so I didn't know about her, but I think someone was talking about her app.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. She has a... So her app, the Teza app, um, her and Cole, her husband do it. And it's for filtering and filters. You can do a really good job of of filtering your photos in a really beautiful way. I think it's a monthly subscription though.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, this last one is really random and I have no idea if anyone will get any value of this, but actually it's just a suggestion to follow creative accounts that maybe are outside of your realm of creativity. I was in my reading with Nikki Nova that she's like, you need to find inspiration outside of your own industry. So going into industries that you wouldn't normally think of, this is, it's called Disco Cubes and they create, so Les, Leslie Kirschhoff is behind this. She's also a dope DJ and just like overall, her aesthetic is insane. But she creates these, incredible ice cubes and they're they're pieces of art. And I just, it's random. There's really no inspiration here other than one art can be anything and anywhere. And she's created a business and a brand out of this just passion that she found like playing with ice cubes in her kitchen. And she's been able to learn more about the science of it to create these like very... It's hard to create like absolutely clear ice cubes. <laughs> but anyway, I'm just looking for inspiration outside of the norm for me. So, instead of going to the, you know, singers or actors or podcasters or whatever it is that I'm, you know, pursuing in my own life and going outside of it and just
1: bringing that aesthetic
2: and that inspiration in.
1: Yeah, that's really beautiful. It's really beautiful and inspiring to just see people doing what they love. Yeah. You know, and and cleaning up your feed to be that,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know, not something to remind you that you need to do something, not something to remind you uh, where you are in your current lane of life, but to just be something that can take you outside of yourself. Yeah. Rather than, you know, comparatively. Completely agree. Diversify that feed.
2: I wonder how our feeds will change when, if we're lucky enough to be moms, you know? It's like, cause. Honestly, I'm probably never going to get <laughs> I'm really bad now. Don't you think, like, maybe we'll just, maybe it will be obsolete at that time. Yeah, actually, yeah, I've been thinking about that lately. What will be? It'll be cool cuz I won't be on Instagram as much. <laughs> I'll have someone else doing it, I hope. I'll have a someone on someone so to change I'll do more their intent- diaper. Or
1: intentionally, I'm not sure.
2: Yeah. It's an interesting thing to think, yeah. think about.
1: Let us know which accounts you would love to follow. Um, we actually in our secret Facebook group, some of the girls were doing like a follow chain or, you know, just connecting with other Instagram accounts. Of the Almost 30 Nation community. So if you want to be a part of that, search Facebook Secret Almost 30 Podcast Facebook group yes. and you can join in on the conversation.
2: All right. Today's guest is Pyle Kadakia. She is the founder of ClassPass. Wow. Changed her lives.
1: Yeah. Honestly, <laughs> ClassPass is a huge part of my every day. I started using it in New York when they first got started and it has changed my life. It has Brought me into a workout community. It has made working out on the road on tour easy. And it has brought different workouts to my routine to keep things interesting for years. Mm -hmm. She is a dancer. So she was a dancer and still
2: dances. Actually, it's really awesome. We're going to go to one of her performances soon, but it inspired her to, that was kind of the original inspiration behind ClassPass where she was needing more group Fitness environments and creating that for other people because she knew the power of it previously she was working as a consultant at a big consultant uh what do you call them firm consultancy <laughs> consultancy firm. teach me how to speak yeah no, I don't know. Um, but she's just a real inspiration she's beautiful and I love like I love how in her feminine she is in business, which is really cool you know we just see like a lot of and actually, I'm just speaking for myself. It's, you know what I mean? I'm like very masculine right in business. Me. And and so it's really nice to be around women. You have like her head shaved right now. Yeah. <laughs> like, caps on. like it's really I nice. I have men's underwear on actually. <laughs> it's like, like it's really nice to see a woman in business. <laughs> <laughs> but just super inspired. I mean, building just a massive team, a massive company, and they're going way beyond just fitness classes, which is exciting.
1: Yeah. If you want a free month of class pass, use code ALMOST30 get that free month. It might be 2 months, but you know, good luck. <laughs> good luck out if you're there. You're in LA. My favorite classes to take, I like Studio MDR. Mm-hmm. So they are in all over LA. That's a Pilates reformer class. I also love Yoga Collective off Rose Avenue. I like Ceremony for sound baths. I like Unplug Meditation for sound baths. So there's a bunch of different studios, but DM me if you want any more recs. Yeah, and I like sweat yoga. I like moto yoga. I like uh,
2: training mate. Uh, yeah, those are my like, that's my rotation right now. Yeah. It changes all the time, especially when we travel too. It's the best. All right. Thanks for listening. We love you. Enjoy this episode. Share with your friends. And I don't know. I'm just pumped to meet you all this year. I know a lot of you are coming to our tour stops. So bring your friends. We'll hang and you inspire us. So thank you.
1: Yeah, we love you so much. See you on the flip path.
0: Well, I think there is a lot to um, being strong and then also being mm-hmm. like feminine. And I feel like we tend to f- sometimes take away the fact that, you know, we are women or we're girls. And I think we need to actually, if anything, shine brighter being that. How do you do that? Um, you know, it's funny. Like, I think I have so much of my strength from dancing, right? And so it's interesting because the way I actually learned to dance was was actually mimicking these like Indian Bollywood mm-hmm. stars And to me, they were the epitome of like Indian beauty, but also power, you know, in this strange way. And I feel like that was always like this interesting sense of like, these are women who run the world in a different way because they influence how people feel. And I think I always just kind of kept that in me. And so I feel like when I want to lead, it's leading with that energy. It's leading with that sense of purpose and intuition, um, sense of like,
2: I don't know, just grace. Mm-hmm. And so many people Confidence. have to learn that I think like to get to where you are most women have to be in their masculine a lot of the time. Oh, and I
0: started there, absolutely. Yeah, I really? like, say I was here the whole time. I mean, I worked I, I, first of all, I went to like MIT which is very, very mask. Yeah, very masculine, heavily <laughs> male dominated. And I think it once again, I think I, it was my dancer side in me that made me like allowed me to like dance through life and feel like it was okay to be this graceful person. And then I was at Bain. And I remember that's when I started feeling really, you know, I just felt like I would like be wearing clothes that made me felt like feel like a monkey or just, I don't know, I just felt like boxed yeah, in. Itchy. Yeah. And I remember like those days where I'd have to be like, oh, I have a client meeting and I just would look at like the suit I'd have to wear. And I mean, A, no one ever made outfits, you know, for a 4'11 petite person <laughs> that looked right. So um, I just remember never feeling like comfortable in that. And even when I started ClassPass, I would go to pitch and I would always think like, oh, I should wear like what I had worn to those client meetings. And at some point, and by the way, it wasn't working. Like I, it was inauthentic, right? Like I'm telling people I want to build this like amazing place of passion and art and act being active. And I was sitting here like, just not living the brand. Right. And then I started wearing my like Lululemon leggings and it'd be <laughs> like, I'm dropping into an investor like coffee after going to class. And it, that's when it started really actually, I think, feeling more truthful of who I was and what a company I was building was.
2: Right. So you were at Bain and, and what was life like there? Because I know a lot <laughs> of our girls out there are either in a corporate job and they want to
0: get yeah. out of it. So, you know, I always think back to like the first, it's actually six years before I I was in working in the world before I decided to start this company. And the first three, I, um, I was consulting and that was not necessarily like a very nine to five job. It was honestly, I would travel to different places from like Germany, Bermuda, you know, middle of America to kind of meet with my clients, learn about things. And I actually feel like that job was like a mini MBA. And so I learned a lot. And I also think like, no matter where you are, like try to get the most out of the situation you're in at the time. Mm. And then in the third year of being at Bain, this was like, I think the first time in my life where I was questioning, living the same principles that my parents told me to do my whole life or following in the path of every other person that I thought was successful and so I, you know, at that point, I still was dancing a little bit on the side. And this was more of like something I would do on the weekends. And, you know, I lived my life very differently than most people, I think, in during that phase. Like I would go to work and then every extra hour I had, I would dance. And I didn't have like social time. I didn't have time to do anything else in my life. But that's because dance was so important to me. And at some point, I felt this conflict because I started feeling like I couldn't commit to performances because if I wanted to do all well my job, I had to be available to fly out on a Sunday or fly out on, you know, the middle of the week where I might have rehearsal. And that's like when I started realizing, I don't know if this is actually even what I want to be doing. Um, I kind of ended up here and I'm always so grateful for it, but it just, the work started feeling wrong. Um, and I actually remember this one moment where uh, I had a client meeting and I also had this performance at uh, in the middle of Times Square that I had, I had said yes to. And I started thinking, like, which one do I do? Do I skip out on this performance or not? And I actually went to the performance. Good call. And, mm. you know, it's so interesting because throughout my life, everyone's always, you know, I'm just used to being that person who's like, you did a great job. And, you know, I I played by the rules and got to where I needed to. And it was hard because I remember my boss was obviously, like, a little upset. I'm like, where were you? What was going on? Did you tell them? What'd you tell them? I don't, I can't, I think I was actually honest. Like I, cause I used to invite, I (laughs) I invited my, I used to invite like my office and people to dance. I never felt like, I think this is the thing is like, I always was like, dance is a priority. Like you're crazy if you don't think it is. Like it was kind of in that way. Like I never, I never felt guilty about it. So I don't know if I had told her exactly what I was doing, but, or, and it it may have not been like, I was missing. It was like, I was going to run late or whatever it might be. But so I remember her like kind of giving me like some, this bad feedback and I'd never received like bad feedback in my life. And so I remember taking a few, you know, days and I felt like down on myself. But then in that, I started realizing, wait, like I'm feeling bad about the wrong thing that, that like someone in a job I don't even want is making me feel like this when I should like the reason I made the choice was because my authentic self was telling me to make that choice. So these are sort of like the original seeds. I think for me, where I started seeing like my more rebellious side, where I was like, okay, like I want to take a leap in a different direction. So then the next big decision, uh, most of my friends were going to business school because that was like the thing you did after your third year in consulting. Does they pay for it? Yes, if and you then come they back, get you, yeah. so they'll pay for it if you do the two years and then come back. Yeah. So a lot of people were like on that journey, and there were a few other options of things you could do. Uh, but I went and found a job at Warner Music Group. So this was definitely more like a corporate America job. Um, I was doing digital strategy, and I kind of knew it would be a bit easier in the sense of like stability. I knew I like what time I'd get to work. I knew what time I'd get off of work, and I kind of wanted that. And so, and it's it's strange to say that because I think at the time I, I, like people have asked me like, oh, did you feel like you were like giving up your career? And no, I didn't think that. I just was at a point where I knew I had to make this trade-off because I felt like I couldn't dance my whole life. And although it is now like I'm 36 and <laughs> I'm still dancing. Mm-hmm. But, you know, at that time, you just think like you have a shelf life as a dancer. So I, um, I ended up, you know, switching jobs. I started at this company and at night I started putting together a few of my dance friends, the girls that i had known who were really good dancers. And we started practicing and this was sort of the start of my first venture, which was my dance company. Mm-hmm. Wow. And so it, you talk a lot about
1: like your Indian culture, you know, your family, like for you to go to MIT, work at Bain, that's probably the ideal. When you started to pursue class pass, like how was that conversation? And, you know, when you really went the entrepreneurial route and, you know, like you said, you got married later, what was that like with your family?
0: It's such a great question. And I think, uh, you know, my parents like through this whole journey have been the most supportive people in the world. And I, I'm i so grateful to them because they've stayed on this journey with me. Yeah. But I, I will say I had to bring them along with me. And I think one of the things I realized is, you know, first of all, when I was younger, they were always, you know, proponents of me doing, you know, my activities, work like dancing. They were, I feel like my first team in life. Uh, but it was always only if I did well in school. Like, and I think at some point I developed that internal discipline, which was I will only dance if I do well. It was like, it became my reward for doing well. And I, I actually internalized that at some point. And I think at some points, like my mom literally would almost be like, pile. Like when I was at MIT, she'd be like, can you go shopping? Because <laughs> I think at some point they just knew I was so driven and mm. I, like, I was like a perfectionist. And this, by the way, it wasn't my parents' fault. This was my dance teacher's fault, who is also a very important person in my life, who I've had in my life since I was three. Um, she was like always a perfectionist and pushed me really hard. And, and, and so it's always nice to have like coaches and mentors like that in your life. But, you know, for my parents, I think when I started going off the regular standard path, um, the one thing I did is like, look, I didn't rip a band-aid immediately. And I I did make sure that especially when I was starting a company, I you know, my dad and I walked through my finances. I had six years of a salary saved, and because all I did was work and dance, I didn't really spend Jesus money Christ. on wow. anything. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. And I really did save a lot. I'm like, is six days enough? <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I think that's that's it's it's interesting, but I think I was always saving it for something big wow. and I didn't know what that big thing was going to be. And I had taken like some other risks in my life like so I had you know sold out a big theater in New York and put on a massive dance show when I was like 25 years old and and it was you know my mom especially I think I kept sharing in all the successes of the things I was doing and so it kept giving her a lot of confidence of whatever you put your mind to you do really well I think for my dad it was harder for him because he was like you need to go get another degree I think it just for my parents education was so important especially my dad But I think at some point, especially my mom, she was like, I want you to be happy. And I like I if you believe in yourself, like you're you're one of those people when you decide to do something, you just like will go all the way and push yourself so hard. So she was the one who told me to quit my job, which was pretty shocking. But she was that person. That's amazing
1: too. It's it's really like, I think that one of the most important things is bringing them along yes. for the journey. Yes. Keeping them in the loop, letting them know about your successes. You can't hide stuff from them. Yes. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of
0: people tend to be like, oh my God, I can't tell my parents. But you'd be so surprised how proud of you they are when you do something well and it really does give them confidence in you and at the end of the day confidence in them that they that they raised you well because that's what they end up questioning right they kind of keep starting to think like oh no if you're taking this risk are you going to be okay all that i set you up for but if anything it's almost saying no you did raise me well and so i have like the privilege to take these sleeps now in my life Mm -hmm. yeah
2: and And built-in are like the questions that they're going to ask ask and the worries that they're going to have of course but sharing anyway so what was that? Where was the light bulb? Where was the moment where you saw a hole in the market and started ClassPass? And what were those humble beginnings like?
0: Yeah, so uh, I will rewind all the way back to August of 2010. Uh, so long ago! Wow, <laughs> I know. In hindsight, when so... was I graduating college? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it was a long time ago. I was uh, working at Warner at the time and. uh You know, I think I started feeling like my current job was not right. And I think it was like all those signs of the same ones I was talking about, like that I was having at Bain at the time where I was like, I just like, you know, the work I was doing, the people I was working with. And by the way, I was also living two lives in the sense of at night, I was this like extraordinary performer and I was an artist and I was traveling on the weekends Mm -hmm. with my dance company. And then I'd come back and you know, go be an analyst at work and like go back to my desk. Like I, it just, I I felt like this massive identity crisis going mm-hmm. on. And I always believe like when you feel like you're two different people to, you know, different groups of people in your life, you need to change something because no one wants to live in a two world t- identity type of place. So it's exhausting. Um, yeah, it's exhausting. So I knew like a change was coming in my life. And I think, you know, in moments like this, I think we, everyone always goes through them you know you're the only one who can create the change in your life. I think I just needed to know what it was that I wanted to do. And so um at this time by the way and I was living in New York City, there were no entrepreneurs. Like starting companies and that was like a pretty new thing. Most people were in like consulting, banking, mm-hmm. fashion, you know. It was just it was like a very new field. And so I went out to San Francisco and I met all these entrepreneurs. And I was incredibly inspired by what they were doing and you know I was asking questions. I'm like you do this full time. Like it was just this unbelievable Concept of me to be like, oh, you spend your time building this company, and that's it. Because I had been doing sort of the side hustle thing for so long. Um, And at that time, I remember thinking, like, you know, you're creative. You obviously can lead. What if you thought of an idea you could potentially come, you know, make this come to life? And so for like the next thirty-six hours, I was just like, everything I would do and see, I was like trying to find pain points and things I could solve. And I. Luckily enough, then I was searching for a ballet class. I was training in ballet at the time and I went online and I opened up like four different websites. I just couldn't figure out which class to go to. All the information was, you know, it's like, use this to log in. This, is this the right teacher? You know, what time is this? No, if it's 630, then how am I going to get there? And at that point I was, I ended up not going. And that's when I realized, wow, there was such an information gap missing here for classes and the information for people to stay active and stay passionate in their life as someone who has mm-hmm. always fought to keep dance in my life you know i knew i could help solve that for other people and i think that's for me that moment that was that spark and once again like you don't always project and know what's going to happen like did i ever think class Fest was going to be this big and no but was the vision and the mission of it there with me from the beginning yes
2: Mm. And what is that mission and vision for people that don't know what ClassPass is? Yeah, if you don't know, you've been living under a rock. But,
0: uh, <laughs> Not well, to shame you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and I can talk a little bit about what like ClassPass is today and what I really do want it to be. It actually started a little bit different at, as well, but it started more as like a search engine for classes and we didn't have a membership side to it, and it had creative and uh, fit and active classes on there. So it was a bit of a full-on class oh, wow. aggregator. Mm-hmm. Um, we ended up deciding to focus on the fitness side. And obviously that's what ClassPass is mostly known for today, which is this fitness mm-hmm. membership that lets you take classes at the different studios and gyms in your local area. So you can go to a yoga class, a dance class, a spin class, really all under one membership. You don't you know, have any of the hassles of having to choose. Um, what I really would love for it to become, and like our vision statement is every life fully lived and our mission statement is to motivate people to lead inspired lives by connecting them to soul-nurturing experiences. And so that's all about how people spend their time, the hours of their life, and you know, connecting with the local community and the amazing you know, people and experiences that are around us. And that's what makes a life. Mm. And so we just want to continue to really be this destination for your free time and making it really fulfilling. So that's the true north wow. of where the company wants to go and you know I feel really I feel really privileged for being able to even say that we have this relationship with our customers where they trust us to do this and we've booked uh, over 70 million reservations now and so I think of that as 70 million like hours of people's lives we got them to do something that wow. was good for them. Wow. Yes.
1: Yeah, we're obsessed with ClassPass. For <laughs> real. It. Like A thousand classes. <laughs> probably more. Probably, probably about 70 right? million. Yeah. Okay, great. I all those are mine. <laughs> <laughs> you went to every single so <laughs> one. Of Literally. Um, yeah, we use it on tour with almost 30 week. And what I really love about it is the ability to connect and really like tap into a local community yeah. when I'm traveling. So it's like you know, I wouldn't, it's like, gives me a 360 view of where I am. I have the food, I experience the food, I try and do culture. But then once you're doing classes, it's like, this is really what it would be like if you lived here and, you know, was integrated as a local in the community. So I think that was always one of the most beautiful things. But so when you started this, there wasn't this class culture like there is now. Right. And so you've seen that sort of come and like be created. Did you realize this was happening and has it been obvious to you that this would create this culture and not
0: just have class best be the connector? So, you know, when we, once again, I started the company eight years ago. At that time, classes were a thing they they maybe, you know, was, I think people were trying to find things to do. yeah um, By the time we transitioned, which was actually three years later into more of being the subscription for classes... It was actually just like this perfect intersection of timing with the boutique fitness boom that was happening and just the growth that we were seeing. You know, we started in New York City and then came to L.A. It was just what people were focused on. I think we started seeing, um, you know, our studio owners who are entrepreneurs quit their jobs, to start these incredible studios all over. Uh, so I think people started really opening up studios at the time. So it was kind of this perfect timing that happened for, you know, ClassPass and the boutique fitness market where, yeah. you know, now going to classes is just, it's like a normal activity. People, you know, grab a smoothie in class after work all the time. And mm-hmm. it's actually incredible that that's yeah. how people want to spend their time. It's
1: so weird to think about that. You know, like back in the day, my even my sister, four years older than me, didn't have that, didn't go to classes like we do. Like I actually, you know, people now will grow up with it through college, but ours just really started when I was like mm-hmm. in New York and then now. I mean, it's something to really
2: help people Create those healthy habits across the board. So to be able to easily open the app, pick a class, inspires me to get enough water in the day, go to bed early to wake up for the class. Like it just is that you're right. It like anchors you effect. into a
0: into a place of loving like your body and taking care of yeah. yourself. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I agree. Like I think the best thing you could do is be excited and find a routine. I I never really approached this to say like I want people to be to to have a fitness routine. With classmates, I think we wanted people to enjoy life. And Mm -hmm. I think, you know, being active and doing these classes is actually, like, for me, so much fun. Like, I literally... It's it should never feel like an obligation, and it should feel like something fun. And like you said, it's almost like I want to get better at class, so I should take care of myself because I want to enjoy that hour. Not I want to be like just oh, I want someone to you know keep yelling at me, so yeah. I lose weight, etc. Yeah.
2: And, and the big like part of class pass that I love is just being able to be a part of a community within the community. You know, for traveling or even here in LA, I've met so many people, people yeah. in classes. What has been the most difficult and the most rewarding parts of, so your clients are the gyms and the Mm -hmm. studios, but then also obviously the customers, the people who have the membership to ClassPass. So just keeping them happy. And I know like growth means that things will have to change like pricing and and just how things work. So how has that been for you as a founder?
0: Yeah. I mean, I think the way I think about it is we have like a three-prong marketplace, to be honest. Like we have our customers, we have our partners who are the studios, and then we also have our business, right? Without any three of those, it doesn't work. And I think, you know, we're always sort of, when we look at it, we always kind of look at like where we're at on that triangle and, you know, where is the business leaning? If it's leaning one way, it just, it can't, it has to be balanced and everyone needs to feel like they're getting value from it or it doesn't work, right? Mm -hmm. Whether it be business and your investors or whether it be your customers and them wanting to pay you or not. And then your partners who either want to be on the platform and offer classes or not. And everyone on that needs to feel like they're getting something from it. And I think being, you know, a marketplace that there is no blueprint, right? There was nothing we were copying. If if anything, we were one of the first subscription businesses that was really out there for like a lifestyle, a brand, you know, and something that people did in their aspirational time. So we had to figure out a lot of things it just in real time, right we didn't know how changing our pricing or the packages was going to affect behavior per se, and so our only way to do it was doing it in, doing it live, you mm-hmm. know in real life testing yeah, yeah, I missed that ninety nine unlimited
1: <laughs> um, so when you found your idea, were you like okay i'm going to go with this, i'm going to quit, or like what was the process like from your idea to actually quitting to creating this? As a thing,
0: yeah. So the earliest, yes. going back to August of 2010. Um, so once I had the idea, I I started doing some market research. Mm-hmm. So really, really, once again, I was using a lot of like what I had learned at Bain to kind of figure out like what does the industry look like? How big is this marketplace? What's growing? Are classes growing? Are customers like what do people do right now to find classes? Competitors exactly. And so that was I spent like you know three to four months doing that research, uh, and then I got to the point where I remember it was Thanksgiving. And I was home and I was just... My mom could see it on my face that I just like something was wrong. And that's Mm -hmm. when she was like, if you hate your job that much, just quit. And Mm -hmm. that kind of was like that moment for me where I was like, you're right. Like I I have to quit. And actually, I didn't quit to just start this company. I actually... One of my really good friends, um, she told me pilot, don't have a plan B because like throughout my life, like I always had a plan. Like it was like, Oh, I'll do this and then do that. And actually it, this is kind of, I was going to take a job at Spotify because like, I loved, I'm you know, I know Daniel and the, like the founders really well. And he was like, you know, come and work here. And I'd been working with them when I was at Warner. And so I almost even took another job, you know, cause once again, it's like, you get scared of having this like breathing time in your life sometimes. And it's shiny. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, cool brand. Exactly. I would love it. Exactly. And then I was like, oh, and then I'll find time to work on this. Some-. You know, once again, I would have just been in another three-year, probably blip of my life before having figured out that I actually wanted to start my own company. And so I, you know, I, I took her advice and it was awesome. So I ended up, mustering up the courage. It was the first week of January of 2011. I actually remember this. I like sent my boss an email to, to meet with him. And then he's like, I'm not in the office until next week. And I literally was like, oh my God, I have to live with this for another week of my that life. Feeling. Yeah. When you're all ready too, you're like, yeah. you got your speech. You know, you're like, <laughs> you're like then, thank you so much for your time. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, okay, I'll wait a week. And so then, you know, I finally told him, and you know, the interesting thing about the day you quit, I think that I I wasn't expecting was uh, obviously like you have so much fear. A lot of the people you talk to are are so willing to give you support, like this unbelievable sense of, you know, I actually walked out of the that day of my office with a $10,000 check from the vice chairman of my company, who I'd only met like three times because huh? people were just, yeah. I mean, he just, he worked at Bain with, well, not with me, but wow. he was a Bain alumni. And he was just like, you, you're working on a startup. Like I love investing in startups. Tell me about it. And I told him about it and he was like, he was like, great, I'd like to be your first investor. And so, you know, I was like, wow, like the fact that so many doors open the second you do it. And then the second thing was, you know, all these incredible like people I had worked with who were obviously like older than me and that I respected and had all this experience. When I went and told them this, they they looked at me and I could see on their faces a sense of of why didn't I have the courage to to do that? Mm -hmm. All of them were like, I want to leave too. mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think it was this interesting thing where I was like, whoa, like, like you're looking up to me right now in this moment in this, it's just so, you know, how much respect and power I realized I had in that moment was, it was an unbelievable moment that I, those are the two things I just was not expecting because you're just stuck in fear. Right. And you know, I, I totally live by this quote from Robin Sharma, which is your greatest life is on the other side of your greatest fear. And I just think about it because I couldn't see past quitting. Right. And then I was like, wow, like past quitting was all these doors that opened, And also just this role reversal with all these people who were my bosses looking at me being like, wow, you are in charge, you know? And it was so, so interesting to realize like how the cards that I was holding in that moment and didn't even know. Mm. Um, So that was sort of the day I quit. And then, you know, once I did, you know, really figure out like this is what I wanted to be doing, which was basically a month after that um, I didn't look back. And, you know, the biggest things I had to do then were, um, gets get fundraising. So I really, I reached out at this point to a lot of family and friends and you'd be surprised, you know, especially once again, you I always believe in like doing a good job, whatever you do in your life, like treating people with respect. I had people from, who had followed my dance company or who had just known me from doing a favor for someone. Cause like I said, I just like believe in this mm-hmm. motto of everything you do in your life, you do it really well because you never know when people are going to come back or you're, you might, you know, ask for help or need something. And so I was so lucky that I had all these people, you know, friends and family write me checks for, like they just knew that it was a good idea and they knew I was the right person to be building it. So I raised some money and then um, I started assembling a team of people who are just, you know, like soldiers to this mission. At the end of the day, you don't in the beginning necessarily need like perfectly skilled people at any one task. What you need are people who are like, I will figure that out in the next 30 minutes and get it done and, you know, not really stop until it's really done.
2: Were you able to compensate those people right away, or what was like kind of the what, what was the team atmosphere like? And yeah. how did you kind of manage that?
0: We had a lot of interns. Yeah. <laughs> um, to be really honest, like we had people who I think, you know, I th- like who I think just wanted to help out and believed in it. Um, I think it's a sign of a good leader when you can get people to work for you and you know, march along the same path um you know you obviously can give out equity in the earliest days too which was a part of compensation for people um when you don't have cash and then other people you have to give cash too so i think it was just a matter of you know being as frugal as you could but at the same time making sure you were incentivizing people in the right way
1: right i think what was interesting too is what you talked about is the market research piece mm-hmm. and i think that it's interesting because a lot of people get would be wouldn't put in the time and effort to do the market research, but would want the end thing. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. I think for a lot of entrepreneurs, it's like they do see this shiny idea of entrepreneurship and they want to be a part of that. They want to work when they want to work, you know, that kind of thing that what people think about it, but you know, when you're like, okay, well this is what you're going to do. You're going to work your job and then you're going to do market research for four to five months and you are going to get like a great competitive analysis ready so that you could potentially pitch this to investors and all this stuff. And they're like, no, don't want to do that.
0: Yeah. It's a, it's a good point. And I, I, I do think it's such an important question that people need to ask themselves before they take the leap. Entrepreneurship is not easy. Like, you know, I, I actually am always, um, and my, my husband actually always says to me, he's like, you know, cause he sees me like have, you know, talking about the company and he's like, you know, make sure you're telling people how it really is. And he's totally right. Like, I mean, those four or five years of my life, especially in the beginning were. I don't I didn't see the light of day. like I don't know I would leave the office at three in the morning like i I didn't have I didn't see any friends for a few years. I missed everyone's weddings. like you know, I was just in a I was in in like this zone, you know, and I um it was not easy. it's it's been a marathon as I mentioned it was two thousand and ten. And I think it's really important to make sure that the reason you're doing it is for the right thing. And I think I question like even I have to always question myself. I'm like for any decision I'm making, Am I doing it out of purpose, passion, and love? Or am I doing it out of greed, power, or pride? And I think like you have to in every decision you make in your life, you really need to be questioning why you're doing something. And don't ever make become an entrepreneur if you're doing it for the latter. It's just you're not gonna be able to fight through the challenges that are gonna be there, the hard times. Like passion gets you through it. But wanting to like, you know, be famous or make a mm-hmm. make money, like. It's not going to help you solve the problem, you know? I mean, it's a very short-term way of potentially getting through it. Yeah, that's like exactly what I wanted to talk about.
2: I'm always fascinated when... Because I think we all have, like, a lot of ideas all the time. Mm-hmm. And so, like... So, when that this particular idea comes through, like... What does it feel like to just give our audience an idea? Because I know a lot of them are creative entrepreneurs as well. So it's like they have 10 ideas. Which one do you focus on? What does it feel like? And, and what is that which you do every day to kind of take another step forward? Or what did you find was most effective?
0: Great question. So it's not actually what I have learned. It's actually not about the idea at all. It's about the Why? it is about what you're trying to solve for, for the world. And I think if I was just, if I believed like my search engine was the answer and that was just the good idea. And then when it didn't work, which was a really hard time. And I, you know, I did want to force it to work for a little bit. And then I quickly realized like, wait a second, like why am I obsessed with the idea? What I'm obsessed with is getting someone to go to class because I believe like them having classes in their life is going to make their lives better. And so I would focus on questioning the why because you you need something that you're going to like like i said like go to the grave with you know and fight for every single day so it's actually more about what you're trying to solve in the world because it's a problem that you're solving like there is no blueprint that's what entrepreneurship is is it's like invention it's creation it's something that didn't exist in the world if it did why would you be doing it for the first time and so i think you have to be really obsessed with that problem solving cycle and making sure that When it doesn't work, you know, fifty times you're going to do it fifty-one times just to see if if you're going to be right because you're most likely your first idea is not going to work. Right? Mm
1: -hmm. And what was it like for you to be in the room with male investors?
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, I think, uh, uh, you know, rewinding a little bit in my life, um, I had always faced a lot of adversity. I think like I was just always the oddball out in my life. Like I think. I was so used to that. Like, just I grew up in a town that, you know, I was the only Indian person. You know, I've always been less like Indian small girl. Like, it just was, I always felt like I was different. And I think because of that, and I, because I also faced a lot of that when I was younger, I learned to just celebrate the fact that, like, whatever I, that makes me different is actually what makes me awesome. And so while, like, there are issues with that, which we can talk mm-hmm. about in a second, like, I don't think I ever saw it, to be really honest. I never walked in the room feeling like I was an only person doing anything. I was just like, I am the the most special person here. You know, and I think that's the way you have to walk into a room. That all being said, um, I do believe, uh, you know, I didn't, I got to raise capital for ClassPass after we had made progress, meaning after I had metrics to show. And I think- Uh, three years in. Wow. Okay. And it was. And that's it, when you wanted to transition to just fitness classes. This is when we were the subscription for fitness classes. Yeah. 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 Okay. And so, um, and it was so interesting because I went back to meet a lot of the investors who I'd been meeting over the past two, three years. And now everyone wanted to meet with me, give me, like, you know, have me have a partner meeting, which is what you do in the VC world. And, you know, I got term sheets. But it was so funny because I'm like, why didn't anyone give me this last year or the year before? Like, I'm still the same person with the same idea and same vision. And I think that that's the hard part for, for women a little bit is we just have to prove a little bit more. And then the other thing I would say is it's, and it was proving a little bit more, but it's also, they didn't understand that this was something women wanted because they weren't women. And I think that's the whole thing about needing diversity on the other side of the table about people who are handing out and deploying the capital. We need that to be a diverse group of people, not just in terms of gender, but culture, everything, because I mean, you know, America and the world is full of people who are different. And so we have to be solving problems for all different types of people. Mm -hmm. Love that.
2: What's exciting you about this industry, about the health and wellness world? Like, is there anything you're seeing or conversations people are having or up and coming, you know, CEOs, women in the space? that excite you.
0: I mean, I think uh what's awesome is that at least like I feel like people are spending money on their lives, right? I think yeah, I we've agree. just seen that. Like yep. you know, I don't I don't know if like 5 years ago, it, I felt like it was more about like which bag someone was wearing or the clothes someone was wearing. 100% agree. Totally. And now it's it's like the conversation is completely different the way people want to spend yep. their money and time. So I just think like to me that is awesome is that we've we've like crossed over uh you know to something where people are really excited about once again, time and, and how they spend their life. Um, I feel like there's like a lot of just, I don't know, like there's just so many great, great like products. And I don't know, I guess like for me, I always go back to my, my studio owners that I meet and like these incredible teachers that like they dedicate their lives to wanting to, you know, serve other people. And, you know, that's another whole thing. It's like if you can find what you, how you want to live your life and in service of others is amazing. So what is that purpose and calling for you? And it's so incredible to see so many people you know, quit their big jobs to go and actually serve people in this way of giving them, you know, a better life.
1: Mm. Yeah. I love that. I've noticed that too, but I didn't know if it was just me, you know, like back in the day when I was like in Chicago or even my beginning time in New York, I was like so much more focused on brands and labels and clothes and stuff like that. Like I'd be like, Oh, a massage is too expensive or, whatever's too expensive and now I'm like
0: that means more than yeah more <laughs> than <laughs> anything. yeah honestly absolutely.
1: I thought about that actually recently I went to a dinner and I was like that was a massage and I would have loved a massage more <laughs> <laughs> you know I'm like oh just kind of like thinking my time spend I want to talk about you've been mentioning a lot dance like what mm-hmm. does dance mean
0: to you wow so I think when I go back to like what dancing uh really started as for me it was this way for me to connect to who I was because I was born and raised here in America. My parents, you know, immigrated here in the seventies, and I didn't really know what life in India was like. So it was this imaginative way where I got to know who my, like, my mother was and my grandparents were and my grandparents' grandparents and just my ancestors, right? Because you kind of lose that history a little as you live in a different country. Um, so I think that was one big part of it. I think the second part of it was: would you was, watch it? On,
1: sorry, would you watch it on TV? Or yeah. So there were there were these that? like
0: uh, Bollywood films, essentially. Oh, yeah, yeah. And we would have a VHS and I would just like hit rewind, rewind, rewind and watch like, there was like two really amazing um, actresses. And I just like, I was just like obsessed in the way they would emote. And I think that was like my other big thing is I realized like through dance, I could change how people felt. Like it's just, it's like a a power, you know, it's like, I felt like I was like superhuman Cause I was like, I can dance about like love or sadness or, you know, happiness. And people in the room or, would watch me and feel it. And I was five years old. And so that kind of like, it wasn't about attention ever. It was totally me about, wow, I can make people feel something. And I think I just got obsessed with this idea of making people feel like good in their lives. I think that's like, to me, the core of what ClassPass does too. It's like, you know, what What could I do to make someone's life a little bit better in an hour where they might not be happy? Mm-hmm. And I felt like that's what I got this like power and dance. And that's where I started realizing, wow, like if, if someone sees, you know, this happen, they're going to feel this emotion and forget about a problem they might be having in their life at the time. And I think that whole connection to it really just inspired me. So it was 100% about like, about this joy of giving people something.
2: Wow. And I can imagine that, like, if you weren't dancing, you wouldn't be the incredible entrepreneur that you are today. Just kind of the idea of being able to creatively express yourself outside of the structure that is something that you are building. Mm-hmm. So, I, yeah, I'm just like, for people to kind of know that about you and how dynamic you are, I can imagine that, like, even the team that works for you and with you for ClassPass, if I was working there, I'd be like, oh my God, like, that is. One, it gives me permission to do that. Because I think so often we're like, well, like, I should be working if I have free time. Mm -hmm. You know, like if it's not making me money, then what's the point? Or whatever, whatever the self talk is. So I just I applaud you for that and maintaining that, you know, no matter how successful you are or how hard it gets within the business to maintain that kind of as like your lifeblood
0: absolutely and and it was hasn't been easy i think there were as many times in my life where dance left in a way or other things took over yeah and you know i have friends who've known me my entire life they'll always look at me my team you know even in the earliest days they would look at me and be like when was the last time you danced because they would see it like it would like something would just like completely shift in my vibe and i think you're absolutely right and i you know I think it's so amazing. Like this is, I think the good part about social media and the fact that like us, like leaders, especially women share our, our whole lives because there's a lot of parts to who we are and we're really focused. We're really driven, but we have, you know, goals in different areas of our lives as well, as much as like our companies and how much we love them. And like you said, I think it's absolutely important to give permission to other people to do that because that to me is actually what makes me great at being a leader. And I wouldn't have been able to even start this company or have felt it. And even till this day, like think about what's so important about why it exists. If I stopped doing something I loved.
1: Mm. That's beautiful. Yeah, truly. What's, what can we look forward to from class pass Ooh, um, the next couple of years?
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, one of my, my, my like my favorite things and I, we're right now, we have it, this launched in a few cities. So we're in LA, we have it in, in New York city, but we have a lot of wellness on there now too. So things from meditation, facials, cryo, massages. I um, go to even cryo all the time, yeah, same. yeah. So those are the, you know, once again, we're expanding the proposition of the things like that, that you can spend your time doing on the platform. And, you know, to me, I'm so excited and we've seen such great engagement on that already. Cause we know that people want to do this with their time. And of course, like fitness is so important, but we know like sometimes you fall out of fitness, right? There's a time where you can, you might get injured, et cetera. But you know, we, we want to exist in your life because this is a place to have all these incredible experiences all the time that Mm. you deserve to give yourself me time. And just promoting
2: recovery too. Exactly. Because I think people like work out so much. So it's really good to kind of have that.
0: It's in a way it's it's permission to do this. Like I think sometimes, you know, when you're, when you've bought something, it gives you this permission to do it. You know, whether, you know, you might just be struggling with, oh, I have to, you know, like I, I need to be home with the kids or you know, my husband needs me here or whatever it might be. And it like kind of is like, well, I booked this class. So yes. I'm going, yeah, I <laughs> get <know>? penalized, <laughs> yeah, there you go. It just, it forces that mm-hmm. it forces that, you know, I reserve this and I am doing it the same way you make other, you know, focused mm-hmm. appointments in your life. You're doing the same thing for something that's about taking care of yourself. Do you take classes in LA? Oh, yes which one Where do you love? Oh, oh wow I go to I go to so many you um, go. I'm a big bar person and plotties oh my, you know whenever I say this I say bar and then I'm like I like plotties like put yoga and spin it's, <laughs> yeah. it's like I you know it's, you, like, I know we, you we do always it on forget now. but yeah. um I do cycle house for spinning mm-hmm. uh for plotties there's um a place called dr Pilates, mm-hmm. um which I love um for bar I do pure bar bar method um let's see what are the other ones um for yoga i love y7 i do like um, y7. same yeah so yeah i like my my, little like okay. <laughs> <laughs> my husband and i like we try to go on sundays together that's sort of like oh, our like sunday night like de-stress routine oh, are you and we good um yeah in we have have you ever yes. done
1: unplug they Ooh, have like no. sound baths you i have try. not done that it's i the know bomb. yeah yeah so good. great. it's the yeah, bomb yeah. they have one in WeHo ho in santa monica and they have sound baths on it and it's the best you and your I go with my boyfriend and it's yeah.
0: really nice like as a couple's thing yeah I love that and it's on class pass I mean, that's it's so it's such a nice thing for us to like look forward to do too so for sure how many that.
2: are are I have like a few guy friends that are on class pass like what is yeah that's true it's not a profound last question but I'm always curious because I want more guys to try it. Cause yeah. I think I told my brother, I'm like, you need to get on class yeah. to meet people and try different workouts. Definitely. Yeah.
0: I mean, I think it's so important for men to also like realize all the muscles they have in their body yeah. as well. I mean, we've definitely seen a growth of, cool. um, of, you know, our male demographic and we have like martial arts on there, boxing, like we have so many things on there. Um, for men to do as well. Yeah. Even gym time. You know, you can mm-hmm. book I do gym going time. To mm-hmm. gym. Yeah, I do too. It's, it's great. It's like one of those things where so nice. sometimes like I just want to go for a run and you know, I need a treadmill and totally. it's perfect. Like so... I just want to watch YouTube on the Stairmaster. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> yeah. And I think what's really great about like class passers in general is, you know, once you do enough classes, like you trust yourself with the discipline of going to the yes. gym. You know, I think it's hard when you have, you know, don't have that discipline of other people and like you start realizing like I know how to get my body Work out, and so it becomes less intimidating. A mm-hmm. hundred,
1: definitely. Where can our lovely followers and listeners connect with you?
0: Yeah, so if my Instagram is at Pile. I feel like that's where. I'm oh, you're so lucky. At. Well, at. <laughs> Did you have to fight for that handle? For, you know, it's so funny. I was trying to actually get Pile Kadakia, my full name. Yeah, yeah. Um, Is that your um, married name? Or... No, actually, it's Pile Kadakia Pooji. Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then I ended up like, you know, and then someone had it and I knew she didn't want to let it go. And then for some reason, I just like started searching. I was like, wait, like who has Pile? And like, no one did. And uh, so I emailed uh, <laughs> a team there, you know, who I had been uh, chatting with and I was like, like i was like can i have this hand no one had it really yeah
1: i die for her first name it's actually day the only. most
0: common uh, indian name really yeah it's like jessica uh, it's like one of the most i email the
1: krista girl once a week there's a girl with the name krista yeah she's a small town girl artist has a thousand followers and i email her like once a week does she respond <laughs> nope I, I keep upping my offer She's oh. waiting to like get a big offer. Let's throw
0: in a ClassPass membership. I know, honestly. I'm like, hey, I got this discount code for a free month. <laughs> I know. I mean, you know, it's people's identities. But, you know, and I always say this, like, we've changed our name at ClassPass three times. Hmm. You like, have? Yeah, we started actually as Dabble now. And then we became ClassTivity. And we only became ClassPass in 2014. Really? Yeah. And so I think like, I it's it's like, to me, a brand is like not about its name per se and even, either is like yes, a person so it's <laughs> mm-hmm. really yeah, about we, a feeling, you know. so it doesn't
1: matter
2: <laughs> yeah almost 30 almost
1: 30 for 31 we agree <laughs> we literally agree
2: well it was so so nice chatting with you and we just love your brand and have loved it for so long so to meet the woman behind it and to like know how well you take care of yourself as an entrepreneur as a family woman you know and just like always up leveling is really inspiring for us yes. and for our audience
1: yeah and chloe's seen you speak somewhere too and she said you were so great yeah oh, you're so professional you. And eva on your team's amazing your team has just been like such peanuts mm-hmm. to us and almost 30 nation uh so in the show notes we have a link for a free month of class pass for almost 30 nation people and we're so grateful yeah. thank, thank you, you so much so much yes. i really appreciate you. it thank you so much guys we'll, we'll see love you later ya. bye, bye. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Thanks so much to Pyle. And if you'd like to try ClassPass one month free, you can go to classpass.com. Use the code ALMOST30.
1: Yeah. Enjoy. And I just want to give a shout out at this outro to our almost 30 ambassadors. So our lovely women that are hosting events in their community, whether it's a volunteer event, whether it's a new moon circle, whether it's a potluck whatever it is, we just want to shout out those women. There's 80 or so women all over the world that are really making a difference where they are to help women feel more included, to help them feel less alone and to support one another on their journey. So um, that is a huge part of what we do. That is a foundation of Almost 30 Podcast and Almost 30 of The Brand. So we just want to shout out our ambassadors. You guys have been incredible, amazing and bringing this dream to life. And the whole process of the program has been super easy and beautiful.
2: Yeah. You guys run the show. So if you'd like to become an ambassador, if you find that there's not an ambassador near you in a city near you, we'd love to hear from you. Community at almost30podcast.com.
1: Yeah. Ryan, our Connecticut ambassador shared with us that they had a successful Saturday brunch with the ladies of Connecticut Almost 30. We talked about sound therapy, yoga, exercise, relationships, careers. We shared tons of tips and recommendations in the state and just overall had a great meal. Emily is a newly certified yoga instructor and is going to host a free yoga studio at my class or yoga class at my mm-hmm. apartment complex gym studio. So it's free, affordable, and they felt connected to one another after meeting one time. Beautiful. That is the best. It's the best. <laughs> it's the best, truly. So if you want to be a part of it, go to our website, almost 30 slash ambassador program. Okay. <laughs> Just go to our, you just made that up. Let's go to almost30podcast.com. <laughs> see, see where it takes you. Yeah, you can find us on Instagram, almost30podcast. You can join our newsletter on our website, almost30podcast.com. Get tour tickets there. And There's follow, only... yeah, and follow Almost 30 Nation on Instagram. Sorry. Good one. Yes. Almost mm-hmm. 30 Nation shares more information about what our community is doing. Yeah. Um, beautiful call out. So excited to see you guys on tour. Thank you for being a part of this. We love you so much. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.